Welcome to our Nurture Natter podcast, voicing the things that matter to your community. Hi, I'm Charlotte, mum to two, founder of Nurture. I'm passionate about creating real connection and the art of bringing people together from all walks of life. I do this alongside my co-founders, Clara Wilcox and Ben Birchall. Hi, I'm Clara, a mum of two, career coach by day and a chocolate obsessed bookworm by night. Hi, I'm Ben. I've lost count of how many children I have and businesses I'm involved in, but family and community mean everything to me. Nurture Community CIC engages the community in person and online through events to reduce isolation and increase community spirit. The bi-weekly podcast Nurture Natter is hosted by the Nurture Community, a collective of souls who run a mission to help families get that wonderful balance of health, wealth and happiness, bringing communities together to inspire and support each other. Carry on the conversation with us online through our Facebook group, Nurture Natter, or use the hashtag NNPodcast on Instagram and Twitter to find us, at Nurture Ideas. Hi, I'm Ben Birchall, and health to me means eating well and having space to do physical exercise and clear my mind. Hi, I'm Clara Wilcox, and health to me means living a life that I enjoy. I don't know what mine is. Time to think about it. The question we're going to be asking today is how do you stay healthy during lockdown? So I found, bizarrely, since we've gone into lockdown, I'm probably the most active I've been in the history of my life since a child. And I think part of that is because I've been told I can't. So the stubborn side of me to come out. I think so often when we think about health, we always think about trying to remove things from our lives. So you want to do certain things because of it's good for you or you don't, you want to remove the bad things from your life. And now we're in a position where actually our scope about what brings us joy and which, which helps keeps us happy and all those types of things have become exceptionally small. So for me, it's acknowledging the opportunities that I have and doing that hour of a day walk, which is not just good for my physical well-being. sort of the mental side of things is really important. I adore my family and I adore my kids, but I never intended to spend this much time with any of them. And I think quite often we, we look at health as sort of little pockets. So this is what I do to stay physically healthy. This is what I do for nutrition. And this is what I do for mental well-being. And for me, my mental well-being is the thing that takes the, the quickest, which then has a negative impact on my physicality and my mood and what I want to eat. I am a voracious reader and I find it very interesting that since this all happened, I am aimlessly scrolling on my phone and consuming the wrong type of information. So actually walking away, sticking a podcast on, literally like looking at the roses and the flowers and stuff, that, that's really helping me. Yeah, I found definitely having, um, for me, podcasts and doing some sort of exercise so with my one daily exercise so going for a walk or going for a jog but having just a bit of time for me during the day and I think for me health during lockdown it needs to include something that is 
for me in the day because what I'm finding with my two being two and four is that I'm consumed with everything that they need whether it's food or entertainment or just being there and being present I don't have any time to think about how I feel or what I need that day until there might be a bit of a crossover so Mark takes over so that's where I'm getting up which is very unusual for me in the morning and I'm going for a walk first thing and I'm giving myself that time to reflect on how I'm feeling and how I want to move forward with the day and what tasks I'm going to do with the kids and that for me is detrimental to my mental health as well and I've found that if I don't do that I don't feel good basically I don't feel myself unless I do that and that's what worries me about if the restrictions come in where we can't go out the house I've then said to myself okay what would I do and I think I'd set something up in the garden So in the morning, I'd go out and I'd do some sort of training in the garden, like a boot campy sort of thing, stick my podcast in still, have that moment and then come back in and literally start the day. Otherwise, I I just don't think I'm, I'm the best version for my kids, if I'm honest, if I don't give myself that time. I think you've hit the nail on the head, Charlotte, there, uh, because when I was thinking about this question, it was like the main barrier that most people give up to health physically in particular physical health is time so having got the time to exercise having got the time to make good food having got the time to prep stuff and i'm like you've got all the time in the world to make really nice food choices and healthy food you've got all the time in the world to exercise you don't just have to use that hour a day to go out and exercise you can exercise in the house which lots of people have been doing um, and even from a mental health perspective um you've got time now if you want to go down meditation routes or whatever route you want to take to have a bit of headspace you've got time to do it so the key thing is then making sure that you allocate the time appropriately and that everybody in the household understands that you need a bit of space in different ways. So I was thinking about this and kind of like Deb's spends a lot of time with the kids anyway, day in, day out. And, um, but when they're at school, she gets that bit of headspace and time to herself with the way we've been working. We've been having a lot of family time, but there came a point last week where it was, Deb's was like, if I want to speak to my mum or I want to speak to my friends, can I just kind of go somewhere for an hour and do that? So there's not things going on around me. And that's her opportunity to get that headspace. And so we've kind of come up with a plan, which is, yeah, let's just make sure that the two of us in particular, um, that the elder lads tend to sort of our 13 and 11 year olds tend to go and find that space very freely. And Deb's always says they actually live her ideal life. You know, I'll often find Joan in the bath with a book and you're like, okay, if only I could be there too, is what Deb says. But um, yeah, so I think it's really important that you're aware of that headspace thing and how you create your own time um, to do that because everything else, you've got the time to do it. The next thing we'll talk about probably at some point is motivation to do that. And I think it's also about, for me, I always said before lockdown, I think the hardest thing for anyone to do is to be in a room on their own with their own thoughts because I think that is quite quite a scary prospect because it highlights all the things that you might not have sorted. So I feel like with lockdown, it's highlighted my need. Like you're saying, Ben, I also need that time to give myself some space to speak to friends or to have a walk or just to gather my own thoughts because I don't think I prioritise that usually. I think it's important and and actually, you know, like you say, it's something that's come up before this point. We are setting up a blueprint for our kids going forward. You know, that most of 
the kids that are going through this will remember this moment. Maybe not the same way that we'll remember it, but they will remember this. They'll remember how we respond. They'll remember how we communicate. They'll remember our vulnerability. Like, I, you know, I haven't had a particularly great day today. My anxiety went through the roof. I went for a walk, queued for some shopping, came back in tears because it just, everything felt so threatening. Like, basically, my local shop felt threatening, which is just crazy. Yeah. But being, like, honest with the kids and saying, I'm finding this hard, because what we don't want to do for, for their own health is make them think, you know, sort of stiff upper lip, very Britishness, that we just take this on our chin. Because it is a traumatic, it's a global traumatic experience and we're having to totally change the way we live. And actually this will help the, the fun that we have and the, the, you know, the exciting things that we're doing and the time we're spending together is going to be brilliant. But they're also going to see, well, I remember mum saying it's important or I remember dad saying it's important for me. I'm just going to have some time on my own. This helps me. I'm going to prioritise my health. We're going to, yes, I know we could go up the road and, you know, on our sort of, you know, essential shopping and get some chocolate, but actually we need to try new things. So it's about role modelling as well, because what we don't want to happen is all because we have the opportunities and the time to look after ourselves for self-preservation and health and you know the, the fab things that come out of this is to then return to whatever life looks like afterwards and let ourselves fall back into the habits of well it's not important for me to look after myself and everyone else is put before me because all that's going to happen is that's going to be a blueprint for the kids when they go older that as soon as they become parents they become martyrs so I think the fact we're, we're doing this because we need it for ourselves I think is also going to have some possible positive implications as our kids grow up as well. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Before having this recording for the podcast, I've been taking time to speak to friends and family about what health means to them and how they're looking after their health during lockdown. And I just spoke to a friend today, actually, and she has been very open about the fact that she's been finding it difficult like you know I have and a lot of other friends have and last week she was having panic attacks so this week she thought come on what can I do because this like you're saying is something that my children are now aware of that I'm not being myself so she's managed to find something it's definitely worth looking at called Movely and it's a monkey that's meditation for kids it's so good. So today I've just put it on with Robin and at first he kept going, mom, is a monkey going to talk? Mom, mom. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> the monkey doesn't talk, okay? <laughs> so we did have around nine and a half minutes of that and then he got the idea, but he was really enjoying it. I think the, the biggest thing that I've noticed for me and especially for, for Grace is it doesn't matter how many nice things that we eat it doesn't matter how many times they go out on the trampoline if we're not talking to other people we all sort of under appreciate the importance of that connection so like actually you know whilst it's it's wonderful sort of having you know the family unit that you have actually you know reaching out with two other people and you know chatting about stuff and facetiming and you know we talked about in the sort of last podcast about the games and stuff that really I think we're such social animals and you know we're we're literally physically disconnected from people at the moment the people you know even you know today in the supermarket sort of having to watch where I was standing but not to do with sort of you know uncomfortably too close for social distance you know it was actually like my goodness am I too close I'm like sanitizing my hands as I walk in it's 
a second nature now to cross the road if someone's coming in your direction and and that I think is for me when it comes to health is actually the biggest thing that I'm struggling with so you know having zoom calls you know our book club now is uh, we did our first book club where it was all sat around with glasses of gin and glasses of wine and cups of tea and chatted our book about books for an hour and facetime my mom and things actually that's so important for health you know just from a simple thing about having someone else to talk to yeah and after the podcast that we did we recorded it I genuinely like took that advice from you guys and I used it like used it to my own benefit so we ended up doing like a quiz with the family and ended up putting like um almost like play dates in but video play dates and that's been a massive um thing that's lifted all of our spirits because like you're saying we're meant to we're meant to feel connected we're meant to be with other people so like for me that's been a really big thing because I realized that actually I felt really quite isolated especially during the morning to that three o'clock because that's how we operate me and Mark and I realized that I don't mind doing that but after like the third week I wasn't actually having a conversation with anyone (laughs) I was just doing a lot of craft a lot of craft (laughs) (laughs) I think the thing that we keep coming back to here is that obviously things have changed. Um, the circumstances that we're in aren't the same. Um, but what we're all quite good at is, is communicating. And I think there'll be a lot of people out there who aren't necessarily as good at first recognizing within themselves why they feel the way they feel. Um, and then two, being able to communicate that to the people that they need to communicate it to. Um, so having those conversations, having those difficult conversations, or maybe making them not difficult conversations and just saying, wow, actually, because we've been thrown into these strange circumstances, it should be easier to have a conversation. But we're all being thrown off what I, I like to call the conveyor belt. So so many of us, to varying degrees, all of us, are on this conveyor belt. We have our routines. We have things that we feel comfortable with. We're suddenly being thrown to whatever degree out of what we're used to. Um, and that will affect us all and our headspace and you know, our mental health differently but how however resilient we are or not it will affect us so speaking to our significant others speaking to people um who can help us and kind of saying i'm feeling like this uh, how can i how can i start to address that how can i behave differently uh, it's really important what i've noticed um which i think is amazing from a business perspective actually is how many people are having these conversations so um you know, there's lots that I see sort of within the group that I run and within different social media platforms that I'm on, people are saying, you know, it's okay to not be okay. And actually, I think that's from a societal shift. I think, you know, on an immediate perspective, it's really useful. I haven't done it yet, but a while ago, we were uh, recommended for Lily, for example, to sort of put an emotional chart up where because she struggles communicating how she feels, she sort of has you know, she's either happy or she's sad. That, that's her expression of, of um, emotion. So almost have a visual check-in. So how are you feeling today? And sort of preparing for this, I did consider like, would actually that be useful for us all as a family to sort of get up every day and almost pay attention, sort of do a bit of a scan in terms of how I'm feeling and very subtly sort of, you know, like you have the I'm in or I'm out, sort of logging, like, well, today I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling scared or I'm feeling happy or I'm feeling tired because then it makes those conversations a little bit easier, but also enables us to say, well, you know, not that you're annoying me, actually I feel overwhelmed. And then it sort of re- reprofiles that, that communication. 
Yeah, because going back to that, you're annoying me. <laughs> this is something that Robin has been continuously saying, just just now and again, just a bit of a sprinkle throughout the week. So we're doing something and I go, oh, darling, just just maybe change that. Stop it, mum. You are like really annoying me, okay? So, <laughs> so my immediate response is, it's okay, darling. What What is it? You know, trying to be really patient. But this like continues and then I just slowly get to a point where I'm just like, ah. <laughs> um, so I feel like that's a really good one. And the one that I've been doing with my two is from Street Hay. They sent a video, which is on their like group. And it's the um, Wake Up Shake Up song. And it's kind of all about just all these little movements, but it's about how you're feeling today. And they really enjoy doing that. It shows at like, the start of the day, but it's also about your feelings. I felt when I put that on at the beginning of the day, if we're doing like homeschooling, they respond a lot better to the activities. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's because they do it at school or preschool. So they see that as like starting their day. But yeah, I think that's a really valid point. I think the point is we're so close to all of our family members that we don't have any room. And that's that's the point, isn't it? How do you create space? How do you create headspace? And whether that's going out for your walk on your own, whether it's tucking yourself away and reading or just, but all acknowledging that Sansos are having their own space at the moment and that's not to be interrupted and trying to manage certainly as a family with kids around that's a sort of you know Debs and I are very clear you know I'm off doing my work in my office and I'll kind of say oh look this morning's quite flexible you know if people need things come in or I'm going on a call or I need to get my head down so we kind of have like a flexible yeah you can come in and chat to me or it's heads down and don't disturb me. And likewise, it's like Debs is going to go and do her thing. And that's a, a closed door. Nobody's coming in because she's on the phone and she doesn't want to disturb him. One of the many podcasts I've started listening to is the wonderful Brene Brown. And if anyone knows me, they know I'm like a massive fangirl of hers. And one of the things she talked about was sort of doing a family check-in and this whole idea that, that quite often, you know, we, we feel like we all have to be a hundred percent but actually what you, what you need as a family is to be at 100%. So understanding at what percentage we are at and then what we need to do to rebalance that. So, you know, if as a family you all feel like you're, you know, 25% is your maximum in terms of pulling this 100% together. If somebody's over-egging that, they can sort of pull up the slack if somebody else is struggling or likewise, but also understanding what that person needs. So they might need a good night's sleep, 10 minutes on their own, like you say, a phone call with someone else, a bit of fun, you know, actually let's just, it's, we, we spent a lot of time yesterday in the garden playing badminton so much so that I've actually pulled a muscle in my neck, which also shows <laughs> from a health perspective, I need to be doing more exercise, but actually sometimes we need to, to park some of the serious stuff we need in life and just put it on one side and sort of have a, have a bit of a checkout really. Yeah. And I think part of that for me as well, is that idea of escapism as in like in your mind. So I've been listening to podcasts as well, but one of them I've been listening to is um, Lena Dunham and it's the C word and it's all about mm -hmm. women in history and how they might've been called crazy and actually, and why they did certain things. And I found that really interesting because it's like opened my mind to like all these different figureheads in history and all the things they've done. And 
it's just really nice because it's a conversation this podcast so you feel like you're in that conversation with them because actually all this stuff that we're going through at the moment with lockdown is really heavy and actually you can almost like analyze it so much that it becomes like impossible to like breathe and you're having to actually remember that we are only human and we're having to carry on and to, to do the best is to stay at home so it's about finding how to make that work for you and your family i couldn't agree more and i think what's quite interesting is we've quite naturally i think talked about our headspace our the, the health of our mind um because we've kind of as we mentioned earlier we've been thrown into these circumstances that that are challenging and um i think the first place you kind of go to is survival and we've talked a lot about fighting fires and i think what well, we now kind of into into the second week of uh, of lockdown and what i'm starting to see is people are kind of getting more settled not some people i understand that some people won't be but some people are getting more settled about what this is and getting into their new new routines the interesting thing for me then is and you talked earlier about all the barriers to physical health are often time the other thing i mentioned was motivation so now i'm on the kind of the point of okay let's look forward at if we're going to be locked down still let's take this as an opportunity to improve my physical health because I've got more time to cook. I've got more time to focus on that health. There were the extreme times when I thought, you know, about, you know, those like videos where you're in like a, you get these prisoners to go into prison and they're like super fit when they come out. It's like, this is the opportunity. You're in lockdown, get your press ups <laughs> yeah. in, get your squats in, get it done. But genuinely sort of taking the opportunity to say, well, how can I build into my routine now, my healthy eating um, and my exercise and, you guys know me i like to set myself a challenge so if i haven't set myself a challenge i'm not i'm not kind of uh, going to be motivated to get out and do that stuff so i've already started that got it in my head um what that challenge is when we come out of lockdown um basically a lot of a lot of events that i would usually be involved in uh, organized events are all being cancelled um so me and a group of friends have kind of said we're going to set up our own uh, event um the time and money that we would put into the, the events we'd usually go into we're going we're gonna to put that money into creating a, a quality event. That means we've got support teams and things like that if we need them in place. And we're going to go and real make an opportunity to do something that we wouldn't usually have been able to do. Um, so that's the plan um, that we're, we're going to kind of exercise for that. And that will require healthy eating, losing weight, training. So that's the yeah. plan. That sounds amazing. And I think like you, I like to set myself like something to, to like, achieve so the fact that so many things have been cancelled i think on a on a lesser scale even if it's just that you're saying right i'm going to make sure that i get out and do a walk each day like you've been doing clara like an hour a day or i want to set so many miles within however many days or whatever it might be this is this is the point where you should use this as you're saying ben as an opportunity to put that into um into place really and do it I do want to raise something there that's really important that actually there's so much of that type of communication going around mm. and for some people they can't, yeah, you know, I agree. Um, and actually I, I found myself removing myself from a few groups that have popped up since the lockdown happened because there is this pressure of, you know, we've got this time, we've got this opportunity, let's, let's do something. And actually for, for a lot of people, you know, we, you know, we're very lucky that our lockdown experience is what it is. You know, there's some people that they're still on the front line. 
they're still doing, you know, long, like you yeah. know, I mentioned, my, my husband's job's still seven till six. Yes, he's at home, but is expected to be business as usual, you know, for that time. He's lost the commute, yeah. but pretty much the hours are still the same. And actually, I think what, what's interesting is this, this weird, like, combination of, oh, my God, this is such an amazing opportunity. Let's make the most of it, too this is probably the closest of what it feels like to be in a warlike situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, yeah, I've always had a bit of a fascination for the 1940s and always wondered how people carried on with life when, yeah. bomb, you know, they'd go to dances, they'd go to school, they, you know, and actually, touch wood, this will be the closest I will ever have to live through anything like that. But actually, we also have to allow ourselves to say, if all I do today is get up, go for a walk, feed my kids sit and give them a cuddle and put them to bed that's a good day and I think it's um there's yeah there's a there's a weird sort of um oscillation between this is such an amazing opportunity and I'm going to grab every moment of it and then in the same person or the same day can also be like I'm not quite sure how I'm going to get through the next few months and I think it's also allowing ourselves and each other that that flexibility I suppose I've been caught with this as well so I've been caught in this situation where some days I feel good or some mornings I feel good and then some afternoons I feel rubbish and then equally it's like black and white, black and white, black and white. And for me now, I've kind of took a step back and started to reflect, reflect on the time in which I've had, say, my business, the time I spend with my children what is important to me and what I found really interesting about this reflection is right now money feels very worthless Mm. doesn't matter how much money you have or how much you earn or what you get each month you can't spend it you can't go out there's nowhere to buy things apart from food and for me it's been a really interesting place to be to understand okay well what is important to me what do I actually want my week to look like? So for those that don't know, I have my own business. I set my own business when my son was seven months old. I came out of the corporate world um, because I wanted to not have the commute and I wasn't willing to just not see my son and not have, basically I'd be spending all of my salary on that childcare. So for me, which was a very personal decision, I decided to set up uh, Brand Remarkable um, to do something that I really love, which is communication and design, but do it flexibly around Robin. And now Robin's going to be going to school in September, obviously hoping that the schools are open. So for me, in a very gracious way, I guess, I'm looking back and saying, you know, Brand Remarkable has served me for four years. And I'm not saying I'm getting rid of it or anything like that, but it's actually reflecting on, well, what, where am I now? And what is going to work for me moving forward? Because where I was four years ago is very different to where I am now. So I think rather than being opportunity or feeling rubbish, I think it's quite, we're almost in this like limbo where we're not quite sure what's going to happen next, what the next move's going to be. But what an amazing, and it is an opportunity to actually reflect a bit and take that time to, and this will take, this could take, you know, everybody different lengths of time. This could take days, this could take months, but actually reflect on the bits that, 
you know you do really enjoy and what you want your week to look like um and for me that's been a really big thing absolutely i think you know picking up on your point claire i absolutely agree as charlotte would say you've got to do you and uh, and you've got to do what's right for you and primarily the first thing you've got to make sure is that you you in your head your headspace your mental health your healthy mind is there um, and you can't if you go about trying to deal with your the healthy activities and healthy eating if, and your healthy mind's not in the right place then it's a, a very dodgy foundation um, so that has to be primary concern for everybody um, and then if you if you're beyond that and you're looking in that more positive mindset then there are ways of, to treat this as an opportunity and, and uh, use the time that you've got but um, undoubtedly and I think that's why we've spent quite a lot of time on how do you make sure your head's in the right place um, and under the banner of health because that's the strong foundation that you've got to have. I think sort of the the things that we're naturally prioritizing I think will again when we come out the other side of it and our days look different doing that reflection and like you say Ben as well is actually thinking about well, why was it that was what I was going for why is it that those are the things that I actually pushed a little bit harder and made you know made sure they turned up in my day because ultimately they matter so I think it's um yeah it's being quite conscious I think in all of this about you know what we do and what we don't do is understanding sort of the motivations behind that and sort of promising ourselves that when things go back into whatever they look like going forward, we don't let the old excuses fall back into place. Yeah, and what I'd say as well, it, which I think is what we've reflected on through this whole conversation, is with nurture, we look at, we've got obviously the three pillars for people that don't know, which is health, which is mind and body, wealth, which is time and money, and then happiness, which is playing, giving back. And I think more than ever during lockdown, it's remembering how intertwined both the mind and body is in regards to health. And I think hopefully this will be a wider conversation moving forward because they are very much intertwined. And before this, I didn't feel like the conversation was like that. I felt like it was about body and mind when actually it's about how they actually work together for an individual. Nurture Community CIC engage with the community in person and online through events to reduce isolation and increase community spirit. The bi-weekly podcast Nurture Natter is hosted by the Nurture Community CIC. We're a collective of souls who are on a mission to help families get that wonderful balance of health, wealth and happiness, bringing communities together to inspire and support each other. Carry on the conversation with us online within our Facebook group Nurture Natter or use the hashtag NNPodcast on Instagram. And Twitter, you can find us at Nurture Ideas.